Hi, I'm Mike Allen, Head of Research at Zeus, and today I've got Philip Noffard, Insight and Strategy Director at Cox Automotive. Philip, it's great to have you on. Hi, Mike, and, and thanks for inviting me on. It's, um, it, it's, it's on the other foot today, isn't it? You're the interviewer and I'm the interviewee for a change on the podcast. It is, it is. And I think it, it might just be worth going, um, having a quick summary of your career path. I mean, obviously, I know you've been in the industry for some time. I don't know whether you want to put a number on that, but you've <laughs> been a you've been a car dealer. You, you've worked in lots of different situations in the industry and now you're at you've been at Cox Automotive for some time where I know you have some you know really good access to some really useful data so perhaps if you could give us a quick view of your career journey today that'd be great. Yeah thanks Mike and I know we've known each other for for a while and, and it's great when we do catch up and discuss the market but yeah um, frankly it's um, it's over around 35 years wow. um, and, and probably why I've got a face for radio now Mike that's probably what it is um, but yeah 30, 35 years so um, all my career has been in the the automotive sector as you say there um, all the way through the the dealer sector uh, working for both sort of independent uh, groups PLCs etc um, through through various brands um and, and supermarkets and and then eventually found myself in um in the the world of valuations through cap hpi and spent 10 years with with cap hpi which really yeah. gave me a a different lens on on the market and and particularly within that data and use of data um within that that valuations sector and then found myself six years ago nearly now um in cox automotive um, and, and what I do here at Cox Automotive, analysing the, the sector, looking at what's happening, be it the fleet OEM dealer markets, both in the UK and a little bit across Europe. Um, but yeah, it, it's an interesting role. And, and for those that are not fully aware of, of Cox Automotive, um, we have various solutions uh, within the UK and across Europe, but we are a, an international global business that's a family run business that's been going over 120 years now of, of history and innovation um, and 40,000 clients globally in 220 locations worldwide. So we have a significant footprint in, in various touch points, whether that's the fleet remarketing retail operations through manufacturing fleet dealer etc so for me and, and as you touched on uh there mike that you know it gives us access to some very rich and, and valuable data not just yeah. in the uk but across other markets as well yeah i mean it's, it's certainly a fabulous business run by first class people and uh, as you say the insights you can get from that is is really invaluable I guess, you know, without further ado, um, it was just interesting if we could go through your autofocus product. I, I think it's the eighth version that you've released and, and maybe jump into the the new car market and how you see that. I, I think you you kind of refer to optimism as as you can see new car production levels improving. But if you could elaborate a bit more on that, that'd be really useful. Thank you. 
Yeah, so as you say, it's the, the eighth issue of the, the quarterly insight uh, report that we, we do. Um, and yeah, the, we, just, we are forecasting, so we always forecast the, the new news market. We're looking forward to the, uh, the, the next quarter um, and then the full, full year. But as you say there, for, for new cars, um, we are forecasting optimism. So we are forecasting a, a marginal uplift for our baseline forecast and that's to 1.71 million which would equate to a a six percent year-on-year increase compared to 22 figures but still 26 behind um be behind the pre-pandemic averages between the year 2000 2019 but we are also forecasting uh upside and downside but for an upside we we're forecasting a 1.9 million market and that would result in a, an 18 percent increase year on year um and and a 17.6 percent behind pre-pandemic levels now yeah. i suppose the question is is why what's you know what is triggering it and to your point you know Production is now starting to increase. Um, you, we know we've lost a significant amount of vehicles from global yeah, production yeah. over the last three years in excess of 46 million now, um, which, you know, we've seen that in the, the early part of the pandemic. But, you know, Q4 last year was the first signs really through certain OEMs and manufacturers that we started to see some products start to arrive in the, the UK um and and that has slowly started to continue and and we're expecting it to to slowly continue throughout the remainder of the year and more so in h2 um so the the second half of the year is when we expect uh, an increase in in production and particularly combined with some of those uh, new entrances from from predominantly china into the yeah. UK market that's that have, have cited the UK as a, a market of growth for those for those brands. Yeah, yeah. I think the estimates here forecasting about 1.8, aren't they? And 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 nor you know ordinarily you'd expect OEMs should know what they're going to be sending to the UK. So that hopefully there should be a reasonable degree of um, certainty as to you know these cars arriving. Yeah, and I think we, we've got to be careful. You know, we, there is still pressures in the the economy um, yeah. around interest rates. We've got the cost of living, we've got energy crisis, and with the conflicts in Ukraine that are still taking place. So, we yeah. don't want too much production too soon. Yeah, um, yeah. because we could go from a, what we described as a pull market into yeah, yeah. a significant push market, which will then add further pressure and strain on profitability and uh, margins that particularly the retail sector have enjoyed over the last 18 months, two years. So we you know, we do want production recovery. We do want to get product back into some of the, the channels that have been significantly char- ch- um, constrained over the last 12, 18 months, but we don't want it too quickly, too soon. Um, yeah, is, yeah. is the key with it. So I think if we yeah. can get to a 1.7 to 1.9 million market in yeah, 23 yeah. and then slowly move towards that, what we probably see as a more natural 2 million market for the UK yeah. would be the best way forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and just turning to the used car market, um, again, you've done some analysis in terms of the changing used car market. We have seen falling prices in certain segments of the market and probably as you say changing consumer priorities particularly as the cost of living kind of you know it continues to bite what what what's your kind of current view on the the used car market and that that ability to kind of 
balance, you know, perhaps, um, you know, still low supply, but full in demand in some areas? Yeah, I think, again, probably similar to, to what we touched on before, you know, we, we know that the new car market does significantly influence and drive what happens in the, the used car market. So, you know, we're now moving into that third year now of lost volume from, from the new um, that then starts to starve that that not to one, not to two, and now into that not to three year old market of of volume entering that that space in terms of the used vehicle park. You know, again, the the pressure is is there. I think that the, the again we we're forecasting a slight increase in terms of the year. Um, so our baseline for for 2023 is just over seven million. So that would be a 3.2% increase on on 22 um, results there, um, and our upside would be 7.5 million, which would equate yeah. to a 9.2 million market. Now, interestingly, if we did 7.5 million, that would actually be 1.8% higher than the pre-pandemic average between 2001 and 2019. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there is a an appetite in the used car market at the minute. It's, we're starting to see that in this this first quarter of the year, particularly for ICE vehicles, so that petrol diesel product that has continued to lose market share. In addition to lo- loss of volume, it's also lost market share over the last few years as well. So, you know, there's a lot of focus in that used car market now, but people are still changing the cars. So they still need the car. Yeah. And I think you made the point earlier, you touched on it. You know, there is a change in behaviour. Yeah. Those people are moving from new into used, where they're moving from premium into to more mainstream product, or where they're moving from that, you know, certain price bandings that they might have enjoyed previously because of cost of living, energy crisis, and predominantly the higher interest rates that we are starting to see this year in in terms of that vehicle financing. Yeah, absolutely. And perhaps if we can move into after sales, and I know Steve Young from ICDP did a, an interesting piece about can after sales remain the cornerstone of dealer viability? Perhaps if you could kind of summarise some of the key points Steve made there as well. Yeah, so so as you say, I mean, from uh, um, Steve's point within that sort of ICDP world, uh, you know, the, the after sales, as, as you and I know, is a, is a key revenue for, for the retail yeah. sector, you know, whether that's 70 to 90 percent overhead absorption that, that the, the dealers try and work in terms of that key metric. There's a significant amount of concern as to what the battery electric vehicle market will look like for, for after sales revenue within the, the dealer sector. But, you know, Steve is, is pretty optimistic that, you know, there's still a demand there. We're still operating in a 36, 37 million used vehicle marketplace. Um, yeah. So there's still plenty of vehicles to go out on the UK roads. Um, yeah. There's still demand there. Um, we're starting to see early signs that, you know, things on battery electric or the type of vehicle, you know, failures on battery electric vehicles are different to combustion engine, but tyres, suspension, braking systems, things like that are starting to, to become apparent in that battery electric market. So there's still a key place for, you know, the, the aftermarket of, of, of revenue. And we're also moving into to areas of, of ADAS and, and all the electronics and things like this. So I think Steve's making it very clear that, yes, again, similar to what we're talking about earlier in terms of that new and used marketplace, the landscape is changing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a different marketplace that the the, the aftermarket will be operating in, but there's still a, a plenty to go and plenty of opportunities for them to, to play in. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Still a huge opportunity and uh, it's been uh, on top of that really and knowing what those opportunities are. Um, Perhaps if we can switch to some of the work Owen Edwards did from Grant Thornton and China's growing influence in Europe's automotive market and probably that stems into the first point about new car visibility improvements. Again, can you kind of summarise what he sees as the key dynamics there, please? Yeah. So as you as we sort of touched on before, you know, the the, the Chinese brands are, are entering Europe and and significantly the UK. Um, you know, we we're hearing a lot more from from those those Chinese operators of their ambitions of growth in in the UK and and Europe dominated by battery electric vehicles but not all battery electric vehicles you know there is there is ice vehicles within some of those chinese operators but you know they want volume you know they're they're setting the site on on strong growth and you know owen talks about byd was was probably one of the strongest chinese operators selling 1.6 million battery electric vehicles and hybrids um pre in in last year and that's 132 percent year on year increase to previous year so you know these chinese brands are 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 coming and and they're coming with volume they're coming with some very strong brands some very strong um vehicles as well into into the market so you know they're, they're sort of saying that you know owen's talking about that the 2022 there was you know um, a strong year um with with um optimistic growth from from the chinese brands but you know it does start to challenge um the the current legacy oems um yeah. you know where there's things starting to play out in in europe now um around some of the european um brands trying to put tariffs on the the chinese operators entering europe um so i think owen's trying to point out there that you know the 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 market landscape particularly around the the new entrances is going to change the the landscape permanently uh, particularly in the uk and, and european markets yeah yeah absolutely again more change for the industry but we're getting used to that now aren't we <laughs> it was, yeah i think we you, you know when when people ask and i don't know how many you how many times you get asked mike that um, when will we get back to normal <laughs> and and uh, it's it's always the answer that there is no normal in in our sector anymore um you know the what we left in a pre-pandemic world has, has gone we're entering new world new change um and, and everything else that 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 comes with so yeah it's, it's going to be an interesting period of time it's really interesting i was reading a book um from an ex-analyst in the in the us and she was writing a book uh from the 1980s and they were yeah. talking about the kind of the potential change from the 70s going into the 80s and what the 90s will look like and and it sounded as chaotic as our conversation today about what does the next two or three years going to look like as well. So, I think the industry's always had that about it. It's 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 very global. Um, there's 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 it's very competitive. Um, you've got OEMs always creating new technology, always wanting to recreate the future, and that has a huge impact on the supply chain, on dealers and and, and other suppliers. So. I think it's always been like that, but it it's just fresh new opportunities and threats, really, which 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 is what I think um, makes this industry so fascinating. 
It is, and and as you say there, I mean the the one thing for for sure is that you know the the sector has demonstrated resilience decade after decade, and it through through many changes. And you know, if you'd asked about agency model two or three years ago, yeah. you wouldn't be getting the same answers you'll get today. And you know the, the you know some of those retailers that are embracing agency um, yeah. that that are moving forward, you know EV still a, a split market around the, the transition to electrification um, yeah, yeah. and those that are looking at it from a glass half empty to a glass half full yeah, um, and, but you know th- these things do change we evolve we get used to it it's just that transitional period that we we need to get used to but I think that's where things where we you know these podcasts with yourself and other things that we push out and it's keeping everybody informed and, and giving them that that support and intelligence that they need to understand what some of this may mean for them as, as we move through some of these changes yeah no definitely and perhaps we can close on ev and tom callow from my energy wrote a piece in your autofocus about why 2023 will be another great year for ev and we, we had um jordan brompton on from my energy uh, in one of the last episodes and again they're very bullish about <coughs> EVs and I, th- I think that the next three to five years you know we're going to see continued growth in EVs and we're going to learn more about them as well aren't we but um, yeah it'd be, be, be great to hear Tom's view on on 2023 and his optimism around EVs. Yeah, as as you say there, I mean, you know, listening to the the Jordan Brompton interview there and and what they've done within it, and she made a, a very interesting point that whilst you know we are improving the the, the infrastructure, particularly the public infrastructure around the support of of electrification and, and charging, that ninety percent are done at home. Yeah. Um, you know, so at the same time, you know, you've got newer models you've got vehicles coming with um better range um yeah. better charging the yeah. charging infrastructure and the type of charging infrastructure that's been um placed is is better yeah. um at the same time as initiatives that every new home has to have a home charger installed there's so that everything is sort of happening in conjunction with each other it's yeah. just the question of the speed and pace in which they all start to to happen because clearly you know we talk earlier about the the chinese brands and their dominance around ev we know that 2025 is is probably the inflection point for many of the oems for that transition to electrification um you know there's still a lot to do but you know tom very positive as is is jordan around this that you know he makes the point that you know with 483,000 new electric cars to be registered in 2023 Um, and he's talking about there there's 200,000 used electric cars possibly changing hand as well and that you know that could increase to over 700,000 this year in in 2023 so you know we've got these EVs are coming they're entering that new vehicle space very quickly be it through the uh, private retail channels, or be it through the the leasing, rental, contract hire sector, but these are going to start entering that used vehicle space and and becoming key elements of that UK used vehicle park. And you know he's he's obviously pushing a lot around this infrastructure, the support that My Energy are doing around 
whether that's home charge, you know, the best use of energy and that that you know that whole energy ecosystem is is really key for for this transition from drivers from combustion engine into either hybrids or full battery electric vehicles is is key. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess to finish fairly, it, it is it go, comes back to we know change is happening. There's a lot of transition to occur in the next couple of years, but I guess you know that the better dealers are on top of those trends and and are nimble and will capitalise upon that and will balance the the risks and opportunities and and execute well well. And I think it's it's always ever been about that really. It's just the the changes and the transitions are, are, are different challenges. Yeah, and and I couldn't agree more. And that's you know doing things like the auto focus and, and yeah. you know, other things that are taking place in the market. It's that education, it's in that information sharing. And, you know, we recently, there was some stats that came out from, from auto trader that talked about 2022 and said that there was 34% of franchise dealers that didn't have electric vehicles, used electric vehicles for sale. And that was 89% for independent dealers. Now, how do we change that? How do we get confidence in the buying and selling of used electric vehicles? Clearly, we yeah. went through a period of change in terms of that used vehicle pricing and residual value on battery electric vehicles as they start to enter the the market in in volume now. Um, but you know they are coming, so yeah. we've got to get used to it. We've got to embrace it. And, and moving forward, agency will come. Chinese entrances will come into the new car market productivity will return it's at yeah. what level it returns to will we get back yeah. to a global production of 96 million or actually is it more realistic in in the future that that should be 80 85 million globally yeah. produced vehicles but we're clearly recovering it's at the yeah. pace and rate in which we recover that we just need to keep an eye on yeah that's great well philip as ever it's it's great to talk it's great to have you on the podcast and you, your time is much appreciated thank you no thank you for having me on this content is issued by Zeus Capital Limited, which is authorised and regulated in the United Kingdom by the Financial Conduct Authority, a designated investment business and is a member firm of the London Stock Exchange. Nothing in this podcast should be viewed as investment advice. Listeners should consult an investment professional before making any decisions regarding topics mentioned in this podcast. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and not of Zeus. Please note that participants in this podcast may have financial interests in the matters discussed.